Chapter one, page one. Georgie gets his arm bit off. Hello, and welcome to No Refunds. My name is Dwight, and joining me today is... Alex! And that is, once again, all. So, um, today is a very special episode. I feel like I've been saying that about every episode recently. This episode's a very special episode, because it's just you and me. Because um, we have a very specific topic to talk about. We should come up with a... Um, like a name for this type of segment where it's just you and me like drilling down on a specific subject like we did with, um, or even not with Stu me, like when we as a group drill right. down like we did with Spider-Man. Right, right, right. Um, I don't know. Okay. We'll, we'll think of it. We will. We should have our listeners give us ideas. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, I agree. We should have our listeners uh, email in and tell us what they want or what they think that the name of this new segment or this uh, style of episode should yeah, be. Yeah, because we have our normal episodes where we just kind of just talk about random talk. things. At this point, it's become more of like just kind of a catch up of what yeah. we've been doing in our lives. Yep. And this type of episode is a, like you said, it's like an exploration of a specific topic. Yes. So what are we talking about today, Alex? So today we are going to be talking about Stephen King's It. Every single possible way, medium that it, it has been made, we're going to talk about it. Yes. Um Spoiler alert for something that's going to happen at the end of the podcast. <laughs> um, it is my favorite Stephen King book, uh, period. Yep. And it might possibly be my favorite book of just in general, because mm-hmm. there's a couple others that I really like out there, but I don't read that much. So um, despite what Tiffany may say, I do not read as much as uh, I think I do. So, um, yeah, but it is just uh, one of my favorite books, period. Um, so it is a, a movie or a story, story. by Stephen King, um, and it, it was written in, in what the eighties. It was written. I want to say it was. I want. I think it came out in eighty six, and That's King what I to King say. wrote it over the period a period of four years, which is like crazy for him because usually he like writes in like a weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, so he he writes this incredibly long epic book, and it's about these this town called Derry in Maine where this more or less um, ancient evil is uh, living, and this evil lives through a cycle where every 27 years it wakes up to feed, and what it likes to feed on the most are little children um, because they have the best overactive imaginations, and the imagination of a child makes it taste better because of the fear that it releases, which is like dark and awesome and a really cool premise, which goes back to us talking about how King has amazing premises. So the the crux of the story is about these seven kids who all become friends over one summer in, I want to say, 1954. I might be... Is it 54? Yeah. Uh, 57. 57? Because it's 84. Okay. So it's 56, 57, 83, 84? That sounds about right. Because it does take place, like, over a school year into the summer for them. Yeah. Because, like, Georgie, I think, dies, like, in November or something like that. Yeah, he dies... October or November. He dies, like... He dies at the beginning of a school year. Yeah, he dies in, like, October 56. Yeah. So um, it's about these seven kids in the town of Derry who all band together, and they um, join forces to fight the evil uh, in 1957. They think they defeat it, but uh, surprise, surprise, they don't. 
And when they come out of the sewers where it lives, they make this blood pact that if it comes back, they will all re-come to Jer- uh, re-go back to uh, Derry, where they will fight it again. And so the um, storyline takes place during two time periods. So you have the 57 time period and the 84 time period following these same characters in their journey to defeat this ancient cosmic evil. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> no spoilers here. No, we're, yeah, we're just... just we're, no spoiler warnings, I should say. There's a whole bunch. So as somebody who loves it, like, yes. where, what's your first introduction to the, uh, good, good call. To the story of it? So the, the first time that I saw or heard of it, I was young. So I was too young to be reading um, any of like Stephen King's stuff at that point because it's all you know very much for adults. But um, I saw the uh, bits and pieces of the... Um, the TV movie that they made in 1990. Yep. Uh, I would catch pieces of it here and there. And I remember like hearing about it that, Oh, it's a scary movie. You, you I don't know. Maybe you don't want to watch it. Okay. Uh, but I, I remember like watching a little bit of it here and there. And I remember seeing like the end of it and being scared of it. Uh, I was young. I was like, I had to have been eight or nine when I was around, I think like 10 or 11. Um, my family had a conversion van uh, very similar to the George's one. And this was like years after the George's had their their conversion van. Mm-hmm. And it was really cool because it was uh, huge, red, and it had a TV with a VCR in it. Nice. Uh, we were traveling somewhere on vacation. It, I don't remember where we were going. Um, but we were traveling uh, on vacation, and my mother loves to stop at yard sales. That's kind of her thing. It's like, oh, if there's a yard sale, pff, we're pulling over. You better believe it. So we stop at this yard sale, and I find a VHS copy of Stephen King's It. Uh, and it's a, I don't know if you've seen the VHS of it. It's so, the movie itself is so long. Cause I think it's like three hours, like just total. I think it's like three and a half. That might be right. It yeah. might be three and a half. It's incredibly long. Um, and so it's split on, it's like a Titanic level. It's yep. split on two different VHSs. I got that movie. It never left that van or barely left that van. Mm-hmm. And I re every time we were driving in that van, I was watching Stephen King's It over and over and over again. Like It would stop, I would rewind it, and I would just start it again. I loved that movie so much. Just... And I and eventually we got rid of the van, so the VHS came out, and I would just watch it. I would just it was one of those movies, like that movie and like Ace Ventura, Pet Detective were background movies for me that I would just put on. Those, Ace Ventura, Pet Detective two, sorry, very specifically two. When Nature Calls. When Nature Calls, the those, only good one. Those two don't really go well together in my head. Those aren't those aren't a good pairing. I disagree. They were amazing. <laughs> but that's my my introduction to so, it. And then when I was in. Um, I was a lifeguard uh, in high school, and one summer I just read it. Like I got it from the library. Uh, it's a massive book. It's eleven hundred pages. Yeah. It's huge. Um, so I didn't. I wasn't able to finish it uh, in the two weeks that I needed it out from the library. So right. my mother saw that, and I was like, I know I could have renewed it, but she ended up finding it at like either Savers or at uh, a yard sale or something like that. And so she just she just bought me a paperback copy. Nice. So I still have that, and it's awesome. Nice. And so I just re- I've read the book I think four times at this point. Um, two were on tape, two were just re- uh, reading through it myself. So I like this book a lot. It's big, but so what's your experiences with it? So I had never I'd seen bits and pieces of the um, TV miniseries. I think that's every person's first introduction <laughs> to it. Is like yeah, I caught a part of it on ABC when right. I was like two. I saw bits and pieces of the TV miniseries when I was like. 
I don't know, eight or nine. So like late nineties. And then, um, I never saw the entire TV miniseries until two years ago. Wow. I think it was... So you must have gotten like a terrible experience because, uh, spoiler alert, it doesn't strictly hold up. It doesn't. But Part of it does. So okay. so, so I'm going to say no. It, it, it was a good experience for me because okay. I, I knew nothing about Stephen King's It. So I actually enjoyed the TV miniseries for what it was. I okay. liked the story it told, so I, en- story. so I enjoyed it. Um. So that was my, my, like, two years ago, I finally watched the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And then, because of this episode, and because of the um, mm-hmm. the new movie coming out, I read it this summer, and then rewatched the TV miniseries, yep. and then saw the new movie. I, so I, I've, I've really, all of my It experience has been in the last, like three months that's pretty if i'm being if i'm being honest um just for reference for this episode the last time i read it was last summer Mm -hmm. um so it's fresh in my mind but i'm not going to remember all the finer finer details because it's an enormous book um and i also recently rewatched the tv miniseries and we both just saw the new movie yeah we saw it together yes we did so um what did you think about the book so uh, the book was amazing i i really um so little background on me I I feel like most people go through a Stephen King phase in their lives. 100%. I just haven't grown out of it. So I went through a Stephen King phase in high school. So I've read a lot of King stuff. Um, I didn't read a lot of his like more popular stuff. I never read like Carrie mm-hmm. or um, like Sound's Lot. I read, I read The Shining. Okay. I read Different Seasons, which was uh, That's a short four, four novellas. Okay. That would um, have the mist in it. So no, that's not the mist. It's the, um, Stand by Me, the body. Oh, the body. Yeah. Uh, apt pupil. Oh, that's also the one with um, Shawshank Re- Redemption. Rita, Rita Hayworth in the Shawshank yep. Redemption. And then uh, the breathing method. Okay. So those are the four in there. I loved it. I read the four Dark Tower books that were out at the time. Uh, I think four, right? Three, four. No, no I read Wizard and Glass. W- Wizard and Glass was the- pre his accident. Yep. And after his accident, I want to say he wrote them in like. By 2005, like, they like, were done. Yeah. So I read this was so it was freshman year of high school that oh, okay, I read okay, that okay. I read all this stuff. So there were four. Okay. I think there were only four. Maybe I got the fifth one and never read it. That's Wizard and Glass was the last one I read. It was the flashback one. Yep. What that was the last one I read. Um, I read all of his short stories. I read like four or five collections of short stories. King, King is the. I think King's best work is his short, I agree. his short stories, his his short stories, or his incredibly long stories, because yeah. um, his short fiction. King is we'll probably get into this more later, but King is amazing at coming up with concepts and ideas. Yep, and he's so his biggest issue is he can't like stick landings, yep. and his movies or his books fall apart over halfway through because he is so. If you are. Um, if you go into a room, he will describe what's on those walls in more detail than most other stories give you on their main character. Yep. So he's like all about world building and he's all about like just like the, the drilling down fine like getting to like minute descriptions, which is awesome and it works great in a book like it because every side character you like learn who their parents are and like what their home life is like and all this crap. But um it doesn't translate in some of his other books i mm-hmm. think it works really well in it but his short stuff is just like his core concepts yep. and he doesn't have time to mess them up yep. if that makes sense no, i completely agree 
Um, but yeah, so I went through my Stephen King phase in high school. I read a bunch of his stuff, but I never read it. So when I heard the movie was coming out, I rushed out, uh, like I grabbed the audiobook by Stephen Weber and I listened to it 44 hours long. It's huge. It's a behemoth, but it was amazing. Every single minute of it was just amazing. I loved, um, I, I really loved how he set up Derry as this, like, almost like, um, um, Summer, uh, Summerdale? What's, what's the name Riverdale? of Riverdale? No. No, some, some, uh, where Buffy's from? Yeah. What's the name Sunnyville? of Sunnyville? Sunny, Sunny, Sunnyvale? Sunnyvale. Sunnyvale. Sunnydale. Why could I not remember that? I don't know. It's almost like Sunnydale. It's like, it's like a nexus of evil. It's a type nexus of, deal. of evil. And he sets it up so perfectly by, like, scattering throughout the book all these old stories mm-hmm. about um i think they're uh, they're actually presented in the interlude stuff yeah like the, with, the in um, between things when mike is yeah, doing research where mike is literally just writing in his diary so you get like the information about the black spot and yep. about the, the um, ironworks the ironworks and the shootout the shootout you get the the, the shootout the ironworks the black spot and then and there's, there's the um the guy that kills the, a bunch the, of people. The guy who kills the settlers. Yeah. Like they're, they're, when they're a logging town. Like yes. the logging guy so who goes So you crazy. get all that like strewn out throughout the book. Spoiler alert. We're just going to. There's no restraint on spoilers for oh, this yeah. episode. Oh, yeah. 100%. So. Um, so I, I really liked it. I felt like the pacing on the book was a little off for me. Okay. Um, it lost its luster like I, i'm not saying it's bad i'm not saying it's bad okay. at all i feel like an editor on this book would have been a little nice because there were parts that i thought were interesting this is also one of my complaints about um the sixth harry potter book okay so yeah i i liked the information i got but it didn't always feel necessary to the outcome i was coming to so like oh i don't disagree with so that. like um a lot of it had to do with when we were um, dealing with the adults. So mm-hmm. when it cut to the adults, I loved everything that happened with the kids. Yep. I loved all the background information about Derry. Mm-hmm. Some of the adult stuff felt like padding for the sake of padding. And it, it didn't 100% work for me because it took the adults, I, I would say, too long to get to Derry. And for it to get oh, interesting yeah. in the books. They all don't arrive in Derry until like three quarters yeah. of the way through the book oh, or something yeah. like that. Um, and then there were a few weird things for me. Like you had set up in my mind. Oh, this is, I feel, <laughs> I, I feel dumb because in my mind, I build this up as a much bigger thing than apparently oh, yeah. it is. So you had set up in my mind because um, when I told you I was reading the book, you got super excited and you mentioned a few things to me that I was like, I'm going to forget about that. Like when I start mm-hmm. reading the book, but I remembered it. I think it was because I said to myself, like, I'm going to forget this. I'm going to forget this. Eh, So you had told me that Patrick Hochstetter is the worst person, worse than Henry Bowers. In in my opinion, Patrick Hochstetter is the worst, like you just said, the worst person. He does the most, outside of the monster, I think he does the most despicable things in the book. For for a human, he's the worst. Um, So I was so... I can see an argument made for Henry as well. I was so excited. See, my... My worst is Tom. I think Tom's oh. the worst. Bev's okay. husband. Okay, yeah. So because he, yeah, he, well, he he follows her and he's crazy. And... He's insane. Um, so 
I, I was so excited to get introduced because I got introduced to Henry real early and I'm like, oh my God, this guy's insane. I can't yeah. wait to see how much more insane Patrick Hockstetter is. And then I get like three quarters of the way through the book and I'm like, where is this guy? <laughs> and then he's introduced and, and then, then he dies like the next chapter. See, I thought in my mind he's been around. He's around for so much more of it. I don't know why. Like he's, he's not because he, he's a part of Henry's gang for most of. It. He's like at the rock fight, and he's like he, he's definitely at the rock fight, and he's definitely like hanging out with them around that time. And so I guess maybe because like in the movie the rock fight happens like less than halfway through. So so I, like I'm just like confusing when the timeline takes place in the movie. I, I versus, don't remember if he's at the rock fight. I thought he was. He, He's introduced in the chapter where Eddie breaks his arm. That's where Patrick's introduced. Okay. And then... Doesn't Eddie break his arm at the... No, no it's in Nebel's uh, Yeah, he No, sorry. he breaks his arm. He goes that was in the most into um, Keene. He's mm-hmm. coming out of Keene's oh, um, pharmacy right? and Henry breaks his arm. Mm-hmm. And then that's... So then the next chapter is the weird um, Patrick and Henry... Henry um, stuff sexual stuff that Bev witnesses. And then that's actually, um, Henry's like, I'm going to tell everybody that you're queer. And then Patrick's like, well, I'm going to tell everybody that you broke Eddie's arm because nobody like he, there's no evidence against Henry. And then Patrick dies like five pages later. But they go into his like backstory about what he's done to like his younger brother and the things that he does like in his family and it's messed up. He's crazy. Yeah, he's definitely crazy but... He's the one who kills... Henry kills um, Mike's dog. Henry kills Mike's dog. But Patrick like actively like suffocates animals for fun. So, the way I look at it is... You would explain this well. Patrick is a psychopath. Mm Mm-hmm. No. Sociopath. Sociopath. And Henry's a psychopath. And I think sociopaths, because it's definitely a, a brain thing. There's yeah. definitely something wrong with him. Whereas Henry was just raised poorly mm-hmm. and has grown up with these like racial prejudices and has gotten away with all this stuff that he like just does bad he chooses things. to do. He, yeah. He chooses to be a bad person where Patrick, I, I feel like just is naturally a bad person. Mm-hmm. So that's where I draw the line. I think that I, I think you're right. I, I just think when I originally read that he like smothered his younger brother, yeah. like I was like, that's insane. It, it's it's nuts. It was, like I'm not I'm not it, saying like, that either of these people are good. It's fair. <laughs> but We're I arguing think, over who's a better person. But I think Henry, to me, reading the book, stood out mm-hmm. as like just a terrible, terrible human being. Okay. And I was just like, every time he was every time Stephen Weber did a great job, every time Henry had a line of dialogue where he was speaking mm-hmm. like his just it, it graded on me. The way Stephen Weber read his just Henry's dialogue yep. graded on me. And I was like, this guy's a terrible person. Nice. I just can't wait for him to die. <laughs> While we're talking about Henry and um, his, his gang, another character that I feel has been underserved by the other two adaptations. And I all like, he's the one I think I feel the most tragedy for mm-hmm. is, um, Victor, uh, Victor, not Victor Chris. Victor Chris. Is it Victor Chris? Belch Huggins, Victor Chris. Okay. For some uh, reason, oh, I was thinking like else. Peter Chris from Kiss. Cause I was like, Chris, no. Um, <laughs> but Victor Chris, because he like, he almost escapes yep. the, it's influence. And he almost escapes from dying. He like, yeah. he's like, I don't know. 
so close to like joining the losers club. And yeah. so I like that we have that type of a character who is like, you see his downfall and is in it's well, yeah, um, a different perspective in the book. It's pretty clear that Victor Chris Belchuggins and whoever the other guy was, I can't remember his it name. It wasn't Patrick, but it was the, the one who like was the at one, the rock fight. The he first was, guy to run away from the rock fight. Yeah. Um, though, uh, Gordon, Joseph Gordon, love it. Something Gordon. I think Gordon's in his name. They, the three of them are mm-hmm. clearly not terrible. Yep. They're just kind of, they're, they're the lackeys for the terrible person. And yep. they're just too much of a pushover to not tell him when he's like being an ass. Mm-hmm. So, um, Belch yeah. was too dumb though to like get anything. Belch, Belch was an idiot, but yeah. So I loved the book. Okay. I feel like it could have been shorter. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Like there are some things like the, the, um, when they go into the kid who dies by the canal, the, I think that's the one that um, the, Stan sees get killed by the canal, or the one that I think Eddie sees. Maybe it's Eddie who sees. Yeah, I think Eddie sees him by the canal. Someone sees him by the canal, and it's the one who's like his younger brother was murdered by his father. Yep. And um, like the, he buried like a hammer, and like it's, that kid saw it. And there's there's a lot to it. Yeah. That I was just like, and it does, oh, you're right. It doesn't matter in the it's, ultimate. It's cool. Ending. Like. If you just read that chapter on its own, if that was like a short story, yeah, it'd be if, an amazing if it was a standalone story. thing, it'd be cool. But it doesn't really, like, yeah, this kid is dying, but it it should be more about it than about the kid. Yeah, I feel like that there is some cool, there is some cool stuff like that yep. where they give you background about a character, and then it it tells you about why it is turning into the things that it is oh, yeah. which is cool this wasn't one of those no those it situations. wasn't this was almost like an instance where you see the um how much the creature has like um permeated inside of right. barry and how it like affects every single adult but they can't see yeah. it or know about it but, but, I, but I th- that has also already been established with like the bev stuff right i think that's well established in a the past stuff the, the, the yes, interludes about how people just ignore the right. horrible things and the, the stuff that where Mike talks about how like Derry has three hundred percent times right. the amount of missing kids or yep. something like that. That it's done well there, and it's also done well in Tom being influenced or not yep. Tom. Oh well, yeah, Tom. Well, you see, Tom, you know, Tom does fall into Tom does, but I meant um her father, um Bev's dad, Bev's dad, Mister Marsh. Yeah. I can't remember his name. Bev's dad. Um, and then Henry Bowers when he gets older. Yes. Like, all, it's shown well enough there that I didn't need that super in-depth, like, 20-page description <laughs> of this kid that's about to die. Like, yeah. I don't even get introduced to him. I'm just being told about his past so I can, like... Feel re- bad when he dies Feel bad when I when he dies. But, um, yeah, like... I, didn't, I can understand things like that, need, like, can be cut. I, I didn't love it. I didn't dislike any of it. It just... It hurt the pacing of the story because mm-hmm. I was more invested in the actual story. Okay. That when stuff like that happened, I got a little pulled out of it. Do you think that some of your other issues with the pacing could be because you of your preconceived notions of the um, miniseries? Because the miniseries changes a lot to do with the pacing. Specifically, the halfway point of the miniseries is the end of the kid's story, and that the end of the kid's story doesn't happen until the very end of the book, right? where you're cutting back and forth between both time periods being in the... Yeah. Um, so, I, so do you think yep. that because the um, original movie, the ch- kid's section ends in the center of it, so you 
so and with the second half being all the adults do you think that that maybe like threw you off because you were like any minute now the kids story is going to end and then the rest of it's going to be all adult no i never felt that way i was pretty clear on how the book went um Mm -hmm. just because of having heard enough about it through just like social media or like just like internet osmosis yep it's something that usually when I approach something that's more than 15 or something years old, I usually already know enough about it to know what to expect. That makes a lot of sense. Just because I'm on the internet all the time. I see things. I hear things. Like, nothing about this was going to feel necessarily super fresh to me. Fair. Um, but, yeah, I don't think I was super influenced by having seen the miniseries first. Okay. So what do you think of the miniseries? Like we we've gone over that we you, you really liked the book. How do you feel about the actual miniseries? So at this now point? that I've seen the miniseries after reading the book, yeah, the miniseries is a just uh, a jumbled mess. It's like a Cliff Notes version. It's it's, really, it's not even. It's real bad. Yeah. It's 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 a fine introduction to the story. It it, it is a Cliff Notes version. Yeah. It's a fine introduction to the story, but it really skimps on the stuff that matters. Like, I wholeheartedly agree it, with that. It just kind of, it was like, okay, we need to hit these plot points mm-hmm. to make the ending kind of make sense. Um, so let's just cut out as much as we can. Like they cut out Neibolt Street, which completely, I, which blows my I mind. When I read the book, I was like, oh, this is super important. Yep. And I, and I was thinking about it and i'm like i don't remember seeing this when i watched the miniseries like that's why when when the trailer came out for the new movie and they showed the dilapidated house i was like that's kneebold street we're going there i get really happy yeah um yeah it, it definitely felt like a cliff notes version but more so it felt like the person that wrote the script hadn't read the book they had been described hmm. the plot of the book by someone else. Like, I can see that. That's what it felt like to me. It was it was like playing a game of telephone with Stephen King's hit. It's like the first person read the book. Mm-hmm. They described it to somebody else. They described it then to like a producer who then went to a writer and said, I need you to write me a script for based this. Based on mo- this story. Yeah, based I'm on this tell story right that now. I'm gonna, Like it just, it doesn't make sense to me how it got where it went, got because it's, Three and a half hours. It's it's almost yeah, it's a four hour move or movie. I'm yeah. putting movie in air quotes because um, it's technically a two part mini series. Yeah, yeah. They aired it over. I want to say like one aired on like Tuesday night and the next one aired on like Thursday right. night in, in on ABC back in 1990. 1990. So um, they had like almost four hours to do. Mm-hmm. So it feels incredibly weird when you see scenes that didn't even exist in the book. And you're just like, like Eddie in the shower. You're like, just it's like, like, why? Why would you go with that? You're just like, why is this here? I, you could have, you know, given me stuff that I actually wanted to see. That, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. So, the TV miniseries does not hold up. My my biggest issue with the miniseries is actually, I think, most people's issues with it. The stuff with the kids is mostly really good. Mm-hmm. The The kids are actually, like, they're all pretty decent actors for the most part. The guy that plays um, Bill is amazing. He is really yeah, he's good. He's real good. I, I liked the guy who played Bill in the miniseries better than the kid they got to play Bill in the new one. He The the one in the new one, they, they made him a little bit more 
I guess Bill is supposed to be damaged. Yeah. But they made Bill felt more like a leader in the original one to me, yep. as opposed to in this one, he just kind of you well, never get that Bill has been thrust into the leadership role. It's thrust, always you say. Yeah, thrust. We'll get to that. <laughs> um, it, Bill. It never feels like he is like actively the leader. It feels like he's like, I am going to do this, and everybody then tags along with him. He doesn't like rally everyone to go do it. I, I kind of like that. I kind of like the just, he's just like, uh, I'm going to do this because I'm passionate about what's happening. Mm-hmm. You guys can do whatever you want, but they respect him enough and to follow, follow him. him. Of that. Okay, that like, I liked that. I liked Richie's speech at the end where he's like, you made me do this. You made me do this. You punched me. Yeah. And now you're going to make me kill a clown. (laughs) And like, I liked that, that it was all like everybody rallying behind him Mm -hmm. because he's so affected by his brother's death. I, yes. But then again, like when you have that moment where Bill is like being captured by, by it, I was like, uh, but he, that kind of took him away from that leadership role in my opinion. Uh, a little bit, but like, I prefer to not have one individual running the show. Like, I like the idea. Like how it was in the book. I more like, or less. yeah, more or less. I, but I think the book was a little more like the new movie than the miniseries. The miniseries, no, you're Bill right. Felt like too much of a hero. Okay, I can. Um, I, I liked that it was more of a group effort. And in, in the book, like, there's a specific moment that they didn't do in either movie, um, the smoke lodge, and I think that's a really good example of how King balanced not giving everything to Bill yep. because in the book, um, there's a point where they build like this, like they they dig out like a a, a hole more or less, and they cover it with like leaves and twigs and stuff like that, and it's kind of like an underground fort for them to hide from the Bowers gang. And there's a moment where they're trying to figure out how to um, decide what to do. And so they, I forget who comes up with the idea of making it like a Native American smoke lodge. Um, And so they, they all get into their hole, light a fire. And then one by one, they all kind of like tap out. And I think it's Richie and Ben Ben, who are the the ones who are left over. I I know it's it's Richie. I think it's Richie and Ben. There's a big, they make a big deal about it being Richie. Who's the one who has the hallucination. It's either Richie and Ben or Richie and Mike. I can't remember. I would like it to have been Mike. I don't think it was. Mike, I think is the most underserved character in both the miniseries and the new movie, especially the new movie. Yeah. Um, especially the new movie. Yes. Oh, my God. I'm very we'll, mad with what they did we'll with talk about the that. new one. Same. Um, Goddamn. But uh, so it would have been nice if it was Mike, but I think you're right. I think it was Ben um, for the Smoke Lodge stuff. But anyway, so like that's a good example of not it's not Bill who does everything, right. where in the original miniseries, you're right, it, Bill does kind of yeah, run th- the show. That was... I feel like that was a, um, a just an issue of cutting so much. They yeah. had to have – it was an issue of time. They yep. had to have someone be the leader and just be like, okay, here's what we're going to do so they can just get to what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So do you want to talk about the new movie? Sure, now? we can talk about the new movie. The new movie um, – okay, so when we first left the new movie, uh, my reaction was – that was pretty good. Like that, that was that was fine. I had some. I do have some major issues with the movie. Um, specifically, the handling of Bev at the end. Same. Really bugged me, and the handling of Mike. Period. Like the, yeah. Period. What they did to like they made Mike so much more like 
they put his position in life so much worse because like his parents are dead, mm-hmm. um, and then he doesn't even get to do the cool thing that Mike that is Mike's job, yep. which is being a history buff for Derry. Right. Like they gave all that stuff to Ben. But yeah. I honestly, and, and this might upset you. Okay. I would have been better with them cutting Mike. Period. I, than doing what they did to him. You're not the first person that I've seen suggest that. And when I initially hear that suggestion, I'm like, no, you have to have everyone. But it's like, okay, no, this is an adaptation. And in sometimes you have to combine characters for efficiency's right. sake. I would almost prefer that they cut Ben yep. and combine Ben with Mike. And this is going to be um, 2017 woke Dwight. Because if you remove the only black character, yeah. that is also problematic. I agree. I can see that. So, like, if you combine... If you made Mike just a fat black kid... Yes. Um, that, fat Albert. Yeah, Fat Albert. Uh, with the red shirt and everything. <laughs> no, but if you, like, gave him the history stuff yep. and gave made him uh, fall architect. in love with with, um, oh. with Bev, that would be... That would have been perfect. Interesting. I, w- I, I would like that. I think that would have been much better... Then we'd just be complaining about Ben not existing, but... that's. I think that's bad. I would... I think <sighs> It's hard to say. Yeah, I can't say that... I. I can't say I'd like one more than the other, mm-hmm. but... We have to check in with the other universes that yeah, got that mo- I just, version. I just have a huge issue with them just totally cutting Mike's importance. Yeah. And now, like, what are they going to do in the next movie when he's supposed to be, like, the a librarian. librarian? He's, like, the shepherd who's, there's, like, stayed here and is, like, kind of keeping no his eye on everyone else. no way he's going to be a librarian you don't in the think next so? movie. I think he's what just going to be? be a farmer. He's just going to be doing... What his grandfather's teaching him to do. Okay. And he's that's going to be why he stays in the area. Yeah, they haven't given him any motive. If he becomes a, a librarian, it would ring so false because he has no no it clear would, interest in yeah. that type of stuff. It would be stupid. It would be really incredibly yeah. stupid. I'm very nervous for the next movie. I think that there's a lot of places where they can drop the ball based on ripple effects that they've implemented in this first yep. movie that make this first movie. Like I said, I came out of the theater saying, eh, it was pretty good. By the time I got home, I was like, I liked it a lot. Yeah, and I, I'm up to, it's great. Like I, this, this film is, it's great. I, I, yeah. I it's, think that this movie was great. Yep. The, the, the changes that they made for the most part for me landed mm-hmm. really well. I liked that they, uh, I'm going to put modernized in quotes. Yep. They, they modernized well, it. Well, because it takes place in the 80s right. instead so they, of modern they, day. They moved it up so that instead of being 57 and, and 84, Four. it's, it's 80 89. And oh, it's 89. And, yep. and then 2017? Yeah, I think so. Um, I like that. Everything that, that, that they did there worked for me. Mm-hmm. I thought, um, unlike in the books... Because in the books, I thought Richie was unbearable. So <laughs> beep, beep beep Richie. I, I I'm thought, gonna start saying beep beep Alex. I thought Richie was unbearable in the books. I thought all of his jokes. I just wanted to like reach into the book and punch him. Do you think it was because of how dated they were? I think that might have been it because I thought he was hilarious in the movie. <laughs> so it might have just been how dated it was. It also could have been delivery, like the yeah. the way that um, Wolf Finn Man, Wolfhead, yeah, Finn, Finn Wolfhead, uh, Wolfheart. Wolfhart? Guy from um, Stranger, Stranger Things. Things. The way he, his delivery was great. Dude, he, he knows was... how to ride bikes, apparently. <laughs> Did, wait, what? Because like he, a thing? Stranger Things oh, and... Oh, yes. Uh, it's very E.T. Yes. <laughs> this guy should be in a Stephen King... Or Stephen King? Stephen Steven Spielberg, Spielberg movie. movie. Back, I'm an idiot. Made in the I'm 80s. just going to back up now. That's fair. But there was one thing I did want to say. Okay, what? So, you mentioned to me, before I'd read... Before I'd read? No, no, no. 
after I'd finished the uh, first few chapters, mm-hmm. I'd gotten to the point where Stan kills himself. Yes. And you mentioned how much you hated Stan. You were like, I'm glad he killed himself. He was such an annoying kid. Like, okay. like, like I'm glad. I felt like Stan was fine in the book. I did not ha- get that, like, this guy's so irritating and grating. I, I hope he kills himself. But I did feel that way when I watched the miniseries. Yeah, they, they the, play up Stan being oh, obnoxious yeah. in they, the miniseries. They really play up how obnoxious he is. I think so that mm-hmm. his killing himself, like, feels better? Well, it makes sense. Mark? And because, and, yeah, spoiler alert, Stan kills himself. Uh, he's going to kill himself at the beginning of this next movie. Or I think that's going to be the end of Act 1, is Stan killing himself. Yep. Because um, I... But uh, so I think that they did a really good job in the new movie of planting reasons as to why Stan would want that. Because Stan, outside of Bev, like gets it 100% yeah. the worst. He gets his face he sucked. gets his face like almost bitten off yeah. and everything. Um, I feel that Stan is just the most like underserved character in the book as well as the original um, miniseries. miniseries because he... At least in the miniseries, like they know he's not going to be in the adult version, so who cares? Like right. what he's like almost just like an additional person. But you need to have him because he kills himself, and that shows like the threat of right. like, Pennywise and blah blah blah. But in the books, I don't know. He just came off as like a dweeb. Like he just he was overly obnoxious with his stupid little bird watching and all that crap. The bird watching, yeah, it was weird. Which to they me. cut from the and new he, movie. He always carried around his bird book, which mm-hmm. was. Uh, like, I felt like it was a cool character trait. Yep. And every time he showed up and was talking about birds, I'm like, okay, clearly this kid is the bird kid. But Mike's the one who gets attacked by, is it like Rodan? Like the big bird, like the big <laughs> yeah. lizard bird um, thing, right? It's Mike yeah. who gets attacked when he goes to the, the, the standpipe? Or? Yeah, he goes to the standpipe and gets attacked which by a bird. Awesome. I love the standpipe. And then he calls out all the birds that he can think of to, to get away. Mike does that, right? Mike does And they that. give that to Stan in the miniseries. Right. Which... Makes sense because yeah. Stan likes birds. Yeah. Um, sure. I. What was Stan's interaction with it in the miniseries? In the um, in the books, I in, don't remember. In the books, is it the one where he like goes into like it's not like a lighthouse, but it's like a he's like walking up steps or something? Or I honestly don't remember. I don't remember Stan's interaction at this point. I remember everyone else's at this point. It's been too long since I read the book. It's I, been like a month because I've experienced it two different so ways many other now. Ways, yeah. And the, the freshest one is the movie, so that's the one I remember the best. Because I know Eddie has the leper, which they actually did in the movie, yes. didn't do in the original miniseries. Bill has um, the the book with Georgie and everything. Right. And um, Ben has uh, the Henry Bowers incident, but then also his father. Is it, does he do that? Does his father approach him in the origin, in the book? In the, in the book or the yeah, miniseries? The, I know it's in the miniseries. I know like the father turns into the clown. I don't remember that in the book. I don't remember what happens to Ben in the book. I know that Richie's the werewolf. Richie's I know that the Bev werewolf. is her father, and yeah. um, the bathroom blood. Yes, um, the bathroom blood. So th- that was way over. Way although it was a little bit too over the top for me in the new movie. No, I like like I liked how far they drove it home because mm-hmm. like in the original miniseries, I was like that. That's nothing. No. It was like a little bit splashing like a on little the bit. Um, sink. Yeah. In in this one. They like went the complete opposite direction. They went Evil Dead on this one. Like they the went whole Evil Dead, but room is covered. I liked that the whole room was covered because it makes more sense to me that a she'd be freaked out that her dad doesn't have an immediate reaction. Yeah, like if there's blood everywhere, dripping off of everything, like 
yeah, if your dad doesn't have a reaction, that there's something's a problem. wrong. Yeah. B, it's definitely going to take six people to clean up that mess. Whereas another another mess like that, or like the one in the original, in the, in the miniseries, yep. like would take like one person to clean up in like max half, in like, an, yeah. half an hour. <laughs> um, but see, do you really think that six people would have been able to? clean up that whole thing in like a half an hour like they do in the movie. I don't think it takes them half an hour. You think it takes I them think longer? I, it was basically montaged. Yeah, it was they, montaged. They pulled out like, they carried out like three trash bags filled with crap. I do that in a, in a half an hour. That's like when I poop. It's like that in a half an hour. <gasps> wow. Um, you should see a doctor. No. Um, but I liked that. I liked how over okay. the top. I liked like the hairs grabbing her and pulling her. That was really that cool. That was cool from when she cut her hair earlier. Yep. Oh, that, that was a nice little callback. I liked that. That was set up really, really well, I yeah. agree. But speaking of Bev, I, I do not like how Bev was the one who gets captured at the end. Because no one gets captured in the original movie, first off. Right. Or in the original book, uh, first off. But by making it Bev who gets kidnapped, you've now pulled Bev. This is like mean nitpicking because of the it's not like the original story but like in the both in the original miniseries and in the book bev is the one who is the expert marksman who's going down with the silver Mm -hmm. who's going to be the one to like try and take out pennywise but in the new one it's mike with his cattle gun which is a little bit less childlike for me i i really like that they're going down and they're fighting it with belief which they do do at the end of this movie right but i was just not a big fan that it was bev who was the one this is me thinking that they should have taken stan to give stan even further reasoning for being the one who ends up killing himself like stan should have seen the deadlights exactly that should have been what messed him up. i 100 percent agree with that i i 100 agree with the fact that stan should have been taken Mm -hmm. and him seeing the deadlights is what Pushes him to kill himself. Yes. Because he sees the deadlights in the original miniseries. And like, yep. I think that's part of the reason why he goes to so, kill himself. I, I agree with that part. And I I agree that I hate uh, Bev's lo- loss of agency. The fact yep. that she has to be the one that's kidnapped. The fact that she doesn't bang everyone. Whoa. Spoiler alert. Whoa. Um, no, I, I don't gross. like that. I don't mind that she isn't the expert marksman that, that gets to mm-hmm. take the final shot. Like... With what they did instead of that, I can see why they didn't bother with the slingshot yeah. stuff. I, I like what they did because it was a form of... They basically took the battery acid... Um, battery in, acid, in, you slime. Inhaler and slingshot and combined it into the cattle gun. Okay. Which, and it worked for me. It worked for me that like we've been established that there's only one shot in here. Like... Mike drops the awesome. drops the other bolts, so we know um, they don't have any extra. We know that Bill only has one shot. He takes the shot. He misses, right? At first. No, he hits him right in the middle of the forehead with the first one. With the first one, because the first one's the only real shot. Yeah. And I it, thought he hits him in the forehead with the second one. After it's like he's missed the first one, and then he, Mike goes, "It's empty. It's m- empty." Maybe he doesn't hit him. Oh, well, maybe he hits him, but not like. Full, yeah. full frontal. Because the, the, the empty um, one is definitely in the right. forehead. Yeah, the empty one is definitely in the forehead. So the first one hits him, doesn't do like any damage, mm-hmm. and then Bill gets his perfect shot right in the forehead, and Mike's about, like, he's halfway through saying it's empty, and Bill pulls the trigger, and the fact that Bill believes that it's going to hurt him yep. is what actually hurts him. Which is awesome. Like, it's that type of stuff that makes me, like, actively love this type of right. story, is, like, the whole childhood innocence and believing and that type of stuff. Yeah. So cool. It it makes sense to me because like 
the, all they're doing is consolidating the whole their their first trip to Niebold Street, mm-hmm. where they it comes out of the. So I'm talking about the book yeah. where it comes out of the toilet. They go to Niebold Street twice in the book. Yes, uh, one it, is like just Richie and Bill. So the first time's Richie and Bill, and they are in the basement. Yep. They go through the basement. That it Ben's comes there too for that one. I remember because his belly gets all cut up. Yeah. Uh, no, that's the second time. Oh, is it the second time? That's the okay. second time. So the first time, it's just Bill and Richie because Richie hasn't seen it yet. Or, yeah. Or he doesn't believe Bill. He doesn't believe Bill. So they go. They go into the basement. They end up climbing back out when it comes down the stairs because yeah. they're scared. Um, then the second time, they go up. They end up going upstairs, going into the bathroom. It comes out of the toilet. Yep. And that's where they shoot it for the first time with mm-hmm. the, the silver, which is a silver dollar yep. in the book. No. They melt them down into silver slugs. Yes. yes. Um, so I actually liked that in the miniseries where they were just like just silver, silver earrings. earrings. Cool. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't. They need... might not even have to be real silver, but right. it's based on the belief, which but, is awesome. But it's based off their belief that silver will hurt a werewolf. So yeah. the fact that it turned into a werewolf made it them able to hurt it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they do the same thing with the the this is battery acid you slime. Mm-hmm. Those two scenes serve the same purpose in the book. Yep. So, I like that they were just like, okay, let's combine this into the cattle gun. Let's and then, m- then beating it with just pipes. Let's make it established that, like, um, there's only one shot in the cattle gun. Mm-hmm. So, the audience will be like, oh, my God, why are you going to take try to take another shot? It's not going to work. And then when it works, you're like, oh, right. Belief. Belief. Because that's just how it works. Yep. So, as a movie just this new movie as a movie, I thought that the majority of things about it were fantastic. I thought the cinematography was, was beautiful. Gorgeous. There was some, like the shot of, this is like a weird pull for me, but the shot of just like Henry and like Victor and Belch, like sitting by his car. And there's just this great use of like negative space around them. Awesomely shot. Gorgeous. The lighting, like the lighting in Niebold street is like, eerie and like all the stuff coming through and then like when they're especially when they're in the sewers um with all all the swirling kids like the visual design's amazing the the floating kids were that was awesome that was was really cool um yeah like overall i feel like this was just a solid movie even if i hadn't read the book or watched the miniseries even if i wasn't like super saturated in it (laughs) right right now I would have still liked it for what it did. Mm-hmm. I might have even liked it more just because I wouldn't have had these like... You're comparing it to something yeah, else. Yeah, I'm comparing it to something that has a better... Like, I wouldn't have an issue with Bev getting taken... If you had, if didn't I know didn't, that she was If I didn't to. know... Oh, yeah. That's something I wanted to say. I've said this to you before. Mm-hmm. I understand why they had Bev be the one that gets taken. I get it. And, I get it, too. And I understand... I still don't think it, it's good mm-hmm. but i understand why they're doing it because for the listeners that don't know mm-hmm. in the book um the when the adults go back to Derry, yep. uh, audra who's bill's wife who looks just like bev shocker uh follows bill to Derry and gets taken by that happens in the in the miniseries in the as miniseries well. as well again gets taken by tom yes who not Pat- not in the miniseries uh, no, in the book. In Tom's the book. not in the miniseries yeah. at all. In well, the, he's in it, but he never like, follow, He never follows Bev to yeah. Derry. So he, he, the, she gets taken by Tom down into the sewers. Yep. So that's why they all go down to the sewers to fight Pennywise. Mm-hmm. So I understand they're trying to parallel that. So when it happens in the 
next movie because I don't think it, there's any way that that doesn't happen. Yeah, they they are going to have to have Audra. Yep. They're going to so have to have Audra will get taken, that. and then it. I I'd really like this if they do basically a shot for shot remake of like of, Audra looking at the deadlights of like Audra like looking at the deadlights. Their like trip down to mm-hmm. get to Pennywise, and yep. then basically that's where it starts to change. That'd be like awesome. I'd like that. That'd be really cool side by side to be like okay. This is literally history repeating itself. I am very nervous for the next movie because there's so much. Like this movie did had a really like easy job of like not needing to explain very much about it. It's just mm-hmm. like the kids not knowing very much about Pennywise and just kind of going on belief. But in this next one, I'm I'm nervous because the adult stuff has been historically the weakest portion of this story. Yep. I'm afraid that they're going to drop the ball and the second movie is going to be kind of crap. But even if it is, it doesn't necessarily matter because we have this one awesome interpretation in this movie. So I'm kind of happy with that. From what I understand, the kids are going to be in the second movie. Oh, really? Okay. I did not know that. The kids are 100% going to be in the second movie. Cool. So we'll get some flashbacks. So Andy Machete? Is that? uh, No. Machete. Something That's the director, right? Machete, yeah. And his wife? I can't remember Mrs. how they're Mrs. how Machete. they're related. I can't remember how they're related. Hmm. They're either married or it's a sister. So that's a weird thing thing to mix up. But um, she's the producer. Oh, okay. They're a, they're a team. Cool. They did Mama together. He directed. She produced. Yep. Um, so they they work together. Nice. She has said that they're trying to push, um, or when they were like in post for this, mm-hmm. they were trying to push for the second one to get greenlit. Just so they could, just so they could start filming the stuff with the kids, because they don't want the kids to you get know, too old. You have like thirteen-year-old kids that are about to like go Hit through puberty, right? go, go through puberty. So, who knows how different they could look That's by the next movie? Very good point. It's like with um, Isaac Hampstead. For, yeah, he's like seven feet tall at this yeah, point, right? It's like Brand's like like a little kid in the first season, and then like by season three, he's like ten feet tall, and yeah. you're like, what happened? Puberty. That's what happened. So they're like trying, and being crippled. They're trying to rush filming the kids for the second part so i don't know what they're doing with the kids for the second part but i I would like to see the smoke lodge i'm interested to see what they're going to add in because they could add in literally anything that they left out Mm -hmm. because they could just be like this happened you just didn't see it so maybe the smoke lodge um i want to see something with the turtle like there was two turtle references in this and it's a little i would like to see the second movie go into some more of the um the mystical the, the mystical and like the cosmic side yep. of it because pennywise blah, blah 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 he's like i think his true form is like three orbs or something like that he's the deadlights the yep. deadlights is his true form and that um he crash landed on earth from the because he came from like a pocket multiverse uh thousands hundreds of thousands of years ago millions of years ago and he crashed on earth in dairy and like he hibernated until humans came around to uh, settle in the place and that's when he woke up and started eating us um, so I, uh, I would like to see that type of stuff be shown and yep. that was shown during the smoke lodge and like right. so then you've got the turtle who is this other cosmic entity who um, was bombing around one day got sick and barfed up our universe like that's the the origin story of our universe is it yes. is it in um, uh, it that they talk about that they okay I don't remember because Right after I finished the book, I went on the Stephen King wiki, yeah, and, you and read I about, read all about it. I think his name's like Mintoin or something like it that. It begins or? with an M. I don't yep. remember his full name. Yep. Um, but I remember, remember reading that. I think it was on the wiki. I don't yeah. think it's in the book. Okay. but It's probably they, in the Dark Tower. I think they, they do establish that he created the universe. Yes, he definitely did. But they don't mention how. He, he puked it up. Yeah. 
Um, he had a tummy ache and he went. Blarg. I do. Um, what was I gonna say? You know, talk about other things that you want to see in the the new movie. Um. Oh. Okay. So here's what I was gonna say. Have you ever watched Twin Peaks? No, I really need to. Okay. So I would. R.I.P. Harry Dean Stanton. Yeah. Well, I was gonna talk about that on the next episode that Sorry. we're about to record. Alien, one of my favorite movies. Good movie. Um. So. Twin Peaks did what I'm hoping that these two movies do. Mm-hmm. Twin Peaks season one was a straight like murder mystery, like who done it? Well, it was like mocking soap operas. It was. Correct? It was mocking Dallas basically yeah. primetime soap opera. That's yeah primetime. So, soaps. um, but l- what I'm talking about is it's kind of a straight murder mystery, who done it? Mm-hmm. And then season two goes off the rails with like cosmic mysticism and like. Really not, weird stuff. With not Red Room. Is that what it Black was called? Black Lodge. Black Lodge. So the, the, with the Black Lodge and like uh, a serial killer like inhabiting some other guy's body. His, his name's Bob. I've, I've, I've read about so, He's like a demon, right? Yeah. Like so that. like season two is what I want movie two to be. So just go I, I want it to go Because the fact that they left all of it out of the first movie yeah. makes me think that maybe they're thinking about doing that. Like go off the rails include the smokehouse mm-hmm. include like maybe even somehow like they encounter the turtle when they're trying to escape I, the, the sewers the ritual, I, w- I would like to see the ritual of chud or yeah shoot the, or whatever. well you can't have the ritual of chud without some sort of setup to it correct so i'd like maybe in a flashback for bill to have encountered the the turtle mm-hmm. like while they were trying to find their way out of the sewers, and maybe and that's he's like how, forgotten about maybe it that's, at this yeah, point. Or... Yeah, um, there, there's a lot that they could do with the kids that would make the pacing of the second movie great mm-hmm. because that's mostly the issue with the adult stuff. So if you can intercut any sort of kid stuff, you could even intercut a scene that is in the actual first movie, mm-hmm. but actually happens slightly differently. Maybe like they they, they, they remember it, it differently or. Like, you could do a lot of cool things. So, the fact that they have the kids, yep. I was nervous about the second one. Now, I'm a little less because they've said the kids are coming back. You could also do something along the lines with um, showing some of the uh, the original attacks. Like, you yeah. could show the, the logging incident. You could show the Easter egg explosion. Right. You could show um, the, uh, the gunfight or it, yeah, even it, the black spot. Like, I, you could see... We've already kind of gotten the black spot, but so like we, you could go like if you're looking for something to intercut to help the pacing, you could go into the past even further. I would love the ironworks because they they set that up in this movie with the head in the tree. Well, or? with the with Ben reading about it, and then the the kid that followed him down the stairs had the Easter eggs. They would yes, they, they were putting cool. the Easter eggs down. That was that so, was a really cool addition. That wasn't in the wasn't in any other yeah, interpretation. That would of be it. cool. Um. I'd like to see that. Mm-hmm. I, I would really like for if they pad out, like you have the adult stuff, you have some kid stuff intercut, but then mm-hmm. maybe get some of that. Um, like Mike, may, maybe Mike can have some sort of character in the next one. Where, How about that? Or maybe he's, maybe, no, he can't have a kid because. That's very that, that, important. That's very important. But, but maybe he's kids. telling somebody like stories oh. about. I, I think that after, I don't know, I don't remember if the book says it, but after the curse is broken, they're able to have kids. Yeah. Um, so maybe he's telling like, or maybe his like kid is reading the journals that Mike is reading maybe. about these. Because Mike doesn't re- start f- to forget until 
Um, Pennywise is completely dead. dead. Yep. If he is, Ooh, he might not be. I hope he is. I hope he's not. I really hope he's not. Um, you know, so um, I don't know if this should be now or later. They're making a Castle Rock TV show. Yes, I'm aware of that. Scar's and Bill Skarsgård is in it. You think he's playing Pennywise? No, I don't think he's playing Pennywise in the show. That's disappointing. I, I that would be really cool because <laughs> okay, so I guess we are kind of shifting on this. The thing about King's books in general that I love is there's a certain number of them that are interconnected mm-hmm. in like really really cool and my mildly Easter eggy ways, but some of them like the mythologies are yeah. really important to some other ones. Like I I, I heard recently like um. The, at the black spot, the guy from The Shining is there yep. helping people out. Yep. He, and he, he's, he's shining. Because he has The Shining, yep. he can find his, his way out to help yep. people. Uh, Scatman Crothers. I forget the name of the character. Yeah, I can't remember the character. But like, I heard about that, and I'm like, that's so cool. Yes. And there's, is, a, there's he a, talks about it in The Shining. I'm pretty sure he talks about Easter like, eggs like that in like a lot of King stuff that yep. I now see. Like I've read Stand By Me, mm-hmm. and when I read it, mm-hmm. I was like. Man, this town feels like Stand by Me, and I was like, "Wait, is it, it is? There? Yeah, it is. It that's. I think that's part of the reason why I love it so much is because outside of the Dark Tower, I think it is like the biggest crux to all of the connected stuff because mm-hmm. of like Derry and just the evilness of it. Yep. And he goes to Derry a whole bunch. Like Derry gets mentioned so many yeah, times. It's in, in like, a, all of his eleven. Other books. Uh, eleven of his books. Or? Eleven twenty-two sixty-three. Oh yes, because yep. they they actually go back to. 1950s dairy yeah right? Stan, stan's in it i think yeah um i think two of them are stan and someone else i can't Richie. remember it's been a while since i, I yeah. haven't actually read that one i haven't either but um one of my favorite things the interconnected is Dreamcatcher is not that good of a book mm-hmm. like it's i don't know if you've read it or nope. you've seen the movie i've seen the movie the movie's very different from the book the movie's terrible um yeah it's not that great um but in in so the whole Spoiler alert for uh, Dreamcatcher. The plot of Dreamcatcher is these aliens have come to Earth and they are like this, like they're, a, they're more or less spores. Mm-hmm. And so the main alien guy who is taking over one of the main characters, he wants to get into a water supply. So he drives, he's in somewhere in northern Maine and he uh, drives to Derry and his whole plan is to get into the standpipe and use the standpipe to disperse himself throughout all of Maine. Nice. But because the standpipe blows up in 1984, mm-hmm. um, he can't do it. <laughs> so like, it's just this really cool moment where you're like, oh, we've read when the standpipe exploded right. in the end of It, which is like my favorite ending to any Stephen King book, to shift back to the end of It. Oh, yeah? when, when they kill... You want to talk about the end of It? Uh, okay, well, <laughs> I, I guess I'll finish my Dreamcatcher story before I shift back. So he goes there, and there's this plaque Yep. On the um where the standpipe was and it's like it's from the Losers Club and it's like more it has like all their names on it and it's like dedicated to those who like gave their lives on that day, blah blah blah. But written across it in graffiti, uh says Pennywise lives. Nice. So I think he's still around. I really, really hope Pennywise comes cool. back in some way, shape, or form. That's that's cool ish. So let's talk about the end of uh um, yes. Stephen King's it. I guess the book first. Sure, because the book is the most um satisfying. I, Oh, satisfying. Is that the word you want to use? I think so, yes. Satisfying for who, Bev? (laughs) I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about his kids. I'm talking about his adults. Oh, we're talking about his adults. Do you want to talk about his kids? Okay, so (laughs) the the elephant in the room with the end of the the kids' version of it 
is after um, Bill and Richie have engaged in the ritual of Chud, which is a, uh, a battle of minds between um, them and the, the monster, and they're aided by the giant evil, uh, giant, not evil, giant mystical turtle who's giving them like pointers, more yeah. or less. It's like, you guys can do it. Bite, bite his tongue. Uh, yeah. But um, yeah, that's right. They do bite each other's tongue. I forgot about that. So, like, they're on their way out of the. Um, they think they've killed Pennywise. They're on their way out of the sewers and they start to like have like a mental breakdown mm-hmm. between like each other. Like they can't, they're, they're losing their grips on reality. They're like losing their way in the thing. And in order to ground them all back, Bev has intercourse with each one of the boys. And like, okay, so that in and of itself is pretty messed up. Yes. But King goes into like, graphic yes. description. The worst part is when he mentions is when is when he mentions that she only like achieves like climax with two of them. Yeah. And I'm just like, okay, why do we need to know why? that? God damn it, no. King. And now like whenever people bring it's it up to King, up. King's like, I don't understand why people have an issue with it. <laughs> I don't think he's reread it since he wrote it. Like, okay, um Red Letter Media, one of the things they've said about this book is the co-author of the book is Cocaine. I do not believe that Stephen King remembers what he wrote and probably hasn't read it since. So like I understand I I get what he's like trying to say. He's like there's a lot of evil murderous things. People get m- freaking murdered in this movie or this book why do you care about the underage sex because it's underage sex and it also like it doesn't i i like i feel like what they did in the in the movie was kind of a jab at that because to get bev out of the deadlights ben Mm -hmm. kisses her yes which is all this needed to be in the book was just like them connecting yeah, like that all it needed to be was like just lay down a kiss and bam everyone knows where they're going and they make their way out yeah why like i think he was skipped... also trying to symbolize loss of innocence and stuff like that or like the the legitimate point from like you were no longer a child Fine. and now you're an adult you wanna lose innocence? there's other ways to do it i have know to get a handy like i <laughs> but then he'd have to describe that i think that describing a handy <laughs> would be a lot worse than no, a, maybe a not. lot worse okay it would Okay. Then eleven-year-old banging each other. <sighs> I know it's. I I guess like it's not fair because if you're gonna enjoy a a, a piece of art, mm-hmm. you have to be able to come to terms with its blemishes, right? And like, so it's hard to just be like, do we have to talk about this? But yes, you do need to talk about something like this. It's it's a huge misstep in the book. It's the only. Well, it, not the only. But it, but it doesn't a, ruin the book for me. Thank you. Like. It is, it's maybe five pages. I guess that's why I feel gross about saying this is also my favorite book, because it's got that in it. But maybe, it gets... maybe that's why? Uh-oh. Awkward silence? Um, but, yeah, it's a huge misstep. I knew it was coming, so wa- reading the book, I noticed, it was definitely foreshadowed, in my okay. opinion. In my opinion, it was definitely foreshadowed. I noticed certain things being said where I was like, okay, that's, like... It's clear that the mo- the idea to do that was in- incepted into Bev yes. from a bunch of different things that happened. Like her through- father and her stuff father, like that. but even even other things that happened, like her witnessing what happened between Patrick and and, and Henry and Henry. Like her, she's been formed from the in. There's definitely implied sexual assault by her father. Yes, um, it's not as explicit. I think it's more explicit in the movie. When he it, like tries to rape her, yeah. the The movie's a little a little more explicit. Yeah. Um. But 
the whole idea of the the fact that it's her idea makes sense in the book. I guess it makes sense in the context of the book. I still don't have an issue with it. Yeah, no, I, I I agree. It's not good, and it's not a good moment. Right, and it's it it drags down the end of the of the child's portion yes. of it. But it's also right at the end of the book period. Right. So. But the adult portion, I the, like the, the see, ending is phenomenal. Th- that's my thing is the the ending because like like I said way back in the beginning of this, Stephen King tends to not be able to stick his landings. Mm-hmm. This I think is the best ending to one of his books that he's had because when they kill the the beast or it like the because it's so just like ingrained in the town of Derry, like the town of Derry itself just collapses and dies, yep. which is such a cool visual metaphor for what is going on. It's, it's like the end of Poltergeist in my head. Okay, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. Like, with like the house collapsing with the on house itself of collapsing and... on itself because they've like destroyed the thing that keeps like the, house the soul together. of yeah. the house or whatever. Yeah, like that's what I pictured just on a bigger scale. Mm-hmm. Like it's insane. Like the town, like the roads are flooding. That's like, funny. People are like dying on their toilets yep. and stuff like that. Like it's, that's funny, but it's, it's nuts. Yeah. Uh, like, I love the ending. The ending's great. Yes. Minus the kid sex. Minus the kid sex. Whatever. <laughs> no, 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 you're 100% correct on that. But it, so that ending is awesome. And I also don't mind the Audra Bill stuff with like Silver, because that's like the only real purpose that Silver has yep. is like bringing Audra back from her catatonic state. Yeah. I, that was one of my issues um, with the, the book. I felt super unsatisfied because when everybody gets to Derry, they have their experience with it. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I can't remember who. Somebody sees Bell Chuggins in a Yankees uniform. Yeah. Um, I can't remember. I think that's Eddie. Eddie, I, go, Eddie goes to Tracker Brothers okay, and he so, sees him there. So that's Eddie. Um, Bev sees Mrs. Kirsch, the old lady. Yes. Um, yep. Um, um, ben goes to the... Um, yeah. The uh, the, the, he's at the, the um, library. The library. Yep. Which also, like, King was talking about something, and I, this I felt like such an idiot for not realizing this, even on my first four read throughs. Mm-hmm. The um, the library itself is a metaphor for childhood. Yep. Because you have the adult library bridged by yep. the glass tunnel into the kids' library, and it's all about going oh. through back and forth. I yep. get it. I, I know. get it. Um, and then um, Richie gets attacked by um. The big statue of Paul Bunyan. Paul Bunyan, which was in the movie, which was in the movie, which is cool. Um, and then Bill just—he sees Georgie. Nope. No, he just goes into a a shop and buys silver. That's oh, like that's I like it. It's so that entire chapter was so boring because it's just him walking in there and being like, "Ooh, my bicycle," and then him going back to Mike's and them like trying to fix it. Yep. I, I liked that how they did that in the miniseries. Loved Because Mike was like, I felt compelled yeah. to buy this bike. Yeah. But three months ago, I felt compelled to buy this tire repair kit. Yeah. Well, like, that's mystical yeah. and cool. Mike was like, uh, for some reason, I was compelled to buy this tire repair kit, like, three months ago. And then he's like, but look what I found, like, three months later. Like, yep. yeah. It's cool. That's like, cool. That's awesome. That is a fine way to do it. I, I, that's a mild misstep in mm. the book. I don't even know if they're going to really focus on silver because they barely like the only mention of silver in the new movie mm-hmm. was just like you saw it written on yeah. the, on the bike when he read it or wrote it once or twice. There were, there was a lot of stuff like that that I feel like was um, shown or mentioned mm-hmm. in the first movie that was clearly just for book readers. 
Yeah, like the Tracker Brothers shirts and stuff the like Tracker that. The Tracker Brothers shirts, the Paul Bunyan statue, the um, the way it climbs out of the, the fridge yes. was clearly just a reference to Patrick Hochstetter being mm-hmm. like hacked up and stuffed into a fridge. Um, there was another one. Oh, just the, the, the turtles. Yep, there's the turtle. two mentioned the turtles. I was very so, happy. Well, m- one mentioned, one showing. Yes. Um, there was a lot of stuff that was there that was clearly just like, hey, you read the book, you mm. enjoy this. But I don't think may, the Paul Bunyan statue should hopefully come back and be. I would important. imagine it would. But the other stuff, I'm not sure if it will. Yeah, maybe. maybe I not. hope the turtle does, and I kind of hope Silver, like. I hope they make him more important. Like if they do more stuff with the kids, right? It would be great to see, like, because in this one we had um, Ben show up uh, while Richie was having or Eddie's having an asthma attack, and then Bill leaves. Mm-hmm. It'd be cool to like see Bill after he left yep. and what he did on Silver and stuff like that, or even like having Bill um, do the thing where he saves Stan or Eddie. I forget which one in the movie in the miniseries. It's Stan in the books. I think it's Eddie from. The leper, or he like no. Oh, no, no. When when they're leaving Niebold Street, yeah. they um, it's him and it's Richie. Richie, yeah, yeah, that's what it is. So, um, there's one other big thing that I kind of want to talk about, and we haven't really even touched on it yet. Cool. What? Cool. Oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> um. So we have two live action adaptations of it. How do you feel about both interpretations of Pennywise itself? Okay. Um. This is a great topic. I think they're both excellent. Yes. I think. I love I love that they're both completely different. Mm-hmm. Like um Tim Curry definitely went more um like a more like a circus clown to me. Okay. He was very animated and his voice was very gruff. Yeah. He it, it sounded oh, like he smoked like doing, 20 Georgie? packs a day. Um I liked his interpretation. Bill Skarsgård went, like, the complete opposite way. His voice is, like, really high-pitched. Yep. He's a lot more grim. Um, He's just more but, creepy looking. Like, he carries himself yeah. way more creepy but than Tim Curry he, did. when he does, because he's creepy like that, when he does do, like, the slapsticky, like, the circuit, circus thing. stuff, it's just terrifying. Yeah. Like... When Tim Curry was dancing and stuff, I was like, haha, Tim Curry's dancing. <laughs> when Bill Skarsgård's dancing, I'm just like, what the hell? This is, this is, this is disturbing this is imagery. Disturbing and terrifying, like messed up. Yeah. I I really, I feel like Bill Skarsgård having to follow up on Tim Curry, who nailed it, yep. like really did a great job. He, he ledgered it. Like he yep. completely made the performance his own. Yep. He put his own spin on it and he didn't erase the original performance, right. but he just did his own interpretation that was m- different enough that we're praising it. I agree. I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, I don't really have any issues with him, like, at all. No, I, me I, I loved the design that they went with him. They made him, like, really old, old Victorian style. Yep. And, like, I agree. Like, I loved, like, the teeth that they gave him and his, like, the way he even said, like, popcorn, like, the yeah. popcorn well, down here. One thing I did have an issue with, and this isn't him, this is his character design, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, or not just necessarily the design. I don't like how early the teeth came out. I didn't. I don't. I didn't want to see the teeth that early. Okay. Because it's like the first scene of the movie. You see them in the first scene of the movie and with uh, Georgie in the original one too. Right. So you. Yeah. My my issue is I wish it had happened like that reveal had happened mm-hmm. later. It would have been cool to see like l- maybe 
just Georgie like coming away from the sewer with his arm gone and be like, yeah. what just happened? And then later see the teeth come out and be like, that happened. That would be kind of cool. It's it, kind of a, a horror movie thing where you're not supposed to reveal too much about your... Don't show the monster. Yeah, don't show the later. monster. Don't show everything about the monster too early. Well, they go right off the bat with showing you that he's supernatural yeah. in general, like as opposed to just a crazy man. Yeah. Because like... When Georgie's like that cool shot where you see like Georgie after his arms are ripped off and like he gets like dragged back in I love by that. some like myth- mythical force. Yeah. Well, he the arm comes the, out. the arm like the arm comes all, all the way out, the way out okay, and pulls him. It's so cool. That's awesome. Um, <sighs> good movie. Yeah. So that's like a mild nitpick. It doesn't mm-hmm. actually bother me. I just think it might have been a little cooler if it didn't happen like that. There was some missteps with like the Tim Curry stuff, but I think a lot of my quote unquote issues with the um the miniseries is less of a choice and more of a limitation mm-hmm. because this was a movie, the the original one was made for TV, so it was on a TV budget yep. and they had to have TV restrictions. They couldn't show very much violence. Right. They couldn't show like bl- any amount of blood. Yep. Um and so there's like and they couldn't like swear, which is a big part in all of Stephen King's like lexicon. Big. It's just how these kids are kids and they interact and like the same thing with the adults. Like yep. they say very bad words. Yes. Um, that we can't say on this podcast. No, because we are still currently um, tied to HD media. But anyways, so like it's things like that that I I feel hindered the TV but the movie. Specifically, like there's also a, a point at the end where you look up and instead of floating, everyone's kind of in spider webbed, which is <laughs> stupid. We can agree <laughs> that the at the end of the original movie, turning it into a giant spider was stupid and dumb and the effect looked bad. Yep. Just bad. 100% agree. And, it, and like, the way they kill him by like knocking him over and like they pull out his heart like that's cool because that's kind of close to the original. Like, don't they crush his heart? They like reach into him and like Bill crushes his heart or I, Ben crushes his heart. I don't remember. I think they crush its heart. Um, but like, there's a moment where you look up and you get this like perspective shot of all these people in like spider webs, mm-hmm. and the first two are real. And I was watching this on a Blu-ray, and everything else is like a terrible matte painting. And I was like. <laughs> Oh, I don't remember that as a kid. That played a little bit better on a on a grainy VHS that yeah. I'm sitting 15 feet away from in a in a van watching. Um, yeah, so things like that. Yeah, uh, looked much better in the new movie. Yeah, honestly, the original TV series is pretty terrible. The new movie, I still like the crap out of it. The though. new like, movie's I'm, great. I wouldn't. I would be lying if I said so, I did not like the, the miniseries. I, yeah, I though. didn't. I didn't hate it. I I thought it was fine, but like. Why would I watch that when I can watch the new movies? Yes. Which I, I think 100% agree with you. overall will be better still. I, I kind of regret the fact that I bought the Blu-ray now because <laughs> I'm, I have no reason to ever watch yeah. this again now. Um, one thing that I did notice, and this might, you might disagree with me here, but um, when I watch the miniseries, I hate the guy that plays old Bill. Oh, I agree. He's not that good. I None think, of the adults are really honestly, that good. They're I not think, dealing with good material, though. Honestly, I think John Ritter, if they had swapped roles, John Ritter would have been a much better Bill mm-hmm. than that guy, whoever he is. Uh, he was th- Okay, I only know this because I was doing some research on yeah. this. Apparently, he was John Boy on The Waltons. Well, yeah, I do know that all of the adults were famous at the time yes. for being on TV. Because, mm-hmm. like... um. Ritter. Uh, which is, what's his name? Uh, Richie was on Night Court. Yep. And Mike was on... Um, he wasn't on Sister, Sister yet, but I know he goes that's on what I, to that's be what on I Sister, remember Sister. Him from, no, but he was famous for some some other like primetime television. Mm-hmm. On, Mike was awesome I, in I think the, they were the all on ABC. I think, they, honestly, they were all actors 
for like network television that they were just like, okay, we can get you guys yep, all. We from. have all contracts yeah. for you guys. So um, I, I honestly, when I was watching it, a Bill has a <laughs> ponytail. He has a ponytail, and like this is like, <laughs> I mean, it's it's not fair to judge people's appearances like this, but he's got like that big birthmark mole on his uh, face that like super uh, oh, always distracted me as a kid. I was like, what? I is don't wrong? have an issue with that, but What's he has a ponytail, which is like really 90s like it it really dates the movie where you're just like this was made in the 90s because no one just it's kind of like how but i like this the um, henry bowers in this movie the new movie had a uh, mullet yeah because it takes place in the 80s late 80s makes sense can we talk about how henry bowers dies in the new movie and i don't like that i don't like that henry dies and victor and belch don't even go with him into the um into Kneebold Street so, or the sewers. Um, I reserve judgment until I see what at what like I, they're I think doing. they're going to bring him back as a like crazy corpse. I c- I could see them bringing him back as a crazy corpse. I could see them leaving him dead and doing the Tom thing and making Tom and have the Henry t- and have Tom turn into or roll Tom into Henry's mm-hmm. role. Have Tom break into the hotel and attack. Who did he attack? Eddie. Uh, he no Ben. Uh, Mike. Mike doesn't go down with that. No, 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 no. That is at the library. He atta- He attacks Mike oh, okay. first in the library, yeah. and then goes to the hotel and attacks. I think Eddie or Richie. I can't remember which one. Okay. I think um, no. Is it Richie? Because he. Uh, when does Richie's arm get broken again? Eddie's R- arm gets. Eddie's broken. Eddie's arm. Eddie's arm gets broken twice. Once when he's a kid, and once when he's an then adult. Then it would have been in the fight in the hotel. Is it in the fight in the hotel? It's not when he's down in the sewer with him later. Honestly, I don't. I don't remember either. I know Eddie's arm gets broken twice because because like poetry. Time, yeah. That's why I want to see this shot for shot. Oh, that would be so cool. Um, but yeah, that was graphic in the new movie when Eddie's arm got broken. Yeah, it was. It was gross. It was so cool. Yeah, I love the new movie. It's it was, really. Good. It was a really really great movie. It was. I don't agree with what everyone's saying that this movie is like super scary. I didn't find it scary or unsettling there are there were parts that were like that's a creepy image yep. but nothing stuck with me afterwards everyone's saying this is like the scariest movie ever blah, no. blah, blah. i disagree okay. i wholeheartedly disagree so, with that i feel now that i've experienced all all of it that i really can mm-hmm. i don't think it on the whole is scary period mm-hmm. i think it's psychologically just creepy yep i don't think it's necessarily like meant to terrify you. It's, it's not graphic. Like, it's not like Halloween or Nightmare on Elm Street where it's like truly terrifying. This movie is psychologically creepy. It's just about the idea of how fear works mm-hmm. and how this monster affects a town. I I never got the feeling that it was supposed to really like make me scared. Okay. I never really got that feeling experiencing any of it the it that i did Mm -hmm. so i find it weird that terrible is what you're saying no 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 no. (laughs) i think it it does its job but i don't think it was ever trying to be truly scary okay i i can follow that at least that's the impression i got i i don't think it's scary beyond like childhood fears right like because like as a kid you're scared of monsters and under the closet or under the bed under the closet uh, monsters on yeah. monsters in the closet under the bed like you're scared of the wolfman that you saw in the movies right you're scared of um the mummy that you saw in the movies yep. you're scared of rodan that you saw in the movies like that yeah. type of stuff scares you as a kid but then as you get older like you realize that that's not the scary thing and like taxes are and stuff like that taxes aren't scary well jobs are it's the inevitable heat death of the sun 
universe. I, I know that um, Cards Against Humanity card as well. So, um, to finish up... Okay, we have an email. We have an we email that for? we'd like to read. Yes. This is from Kyle. Hey, guys. Uh, I've been a fan of the podcast since you first started up. I started listening as a suggestion from some friends, one of whom is Kyle Wee, mm, nice. uh, who, who you're all quite familiar with, unfortunately. <laughs> wow. So rude. He, rude. His words, not mine. Rude. Accurate, uh, but rude. <laughs> anyway, in light of The Dark Tower and it coming out in theaters... I was wondering what your favorite Stephen King book slash film is. I read that wrong. What your favorite King film slash book is. Okay. And who is your favorite character in that film slash book? Thanks, guys. Keep the podcast and all your awesomeness coming. And he has a PS that I'll read on the um, other on our next yeah. episode because yeah. it's less about King and more about okay. other things. So, so the question is, what's your favorite King film or book? Okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give two answers. My favorite King book. Is uh, the drawing of the three? That's a good book. Which is amazing. That's that, book two in the that's Dark Tower. Book two in the Dark Tower series. It's where we get introduced to Eddie, yep. who is my favorite character. Eddie's pretty awesome. Eddie is so good. His f- whole introduction is amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the character, his arc through the next book. What's book three? Um, book three is Wastelands. Wastelands. Everything that happens with Eddie is just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I, I really love that. that His whole withdrawals that and everything book like that. really sticks with me out of all of the the four Dark Tower books that I read. Mm-hmm. That one sticks with me the most. That's the one I remember the most. Drawing of the Three was really expertly written. I remember being so mad at the beginning of Drawing of the Three when Roland's um, hand gets injured. I yep. was like, oh, man, we only got <laughs> one book with like Roland at peak gunslingery. <laughs> Very bummed about that. Oh, it's but so good. He gets his other hands in Eddie and Jake. Yeah. And Odetta. Or um, Detta. What, Detta. What do they call her? Detta. Because like, it's Odetta and something else merged or yeah. something like that. So, um, yeah, that's my, my answer for book. My answer for movie is... Langoliers. No. <laughs> I've never seen Langoliers. Okay. Um, Shawshank Redemption. Oh, that's not even fair. Okay. Like, that's... Like, yeah. that's... It's... My, I, I'm... I'm going to make a bold statement and say I think it was the first Stephen King anything I ever experienced. Okay. I'm not sure that's accurate, but I think it is. Um, that movie's phenomenal. That, that movie's expertly made, expertly acted. The, the scripting there is perfect. I, I have a hard time thinking of something bad about that movie. I think you're right. I think from a just pure film standpoint, even an adaptation standpoint, that is probably the best work yeah, that uh, is adapted from honestly, Stephen King. Honestly, I think Frank Darabont, whenever he touches Stephen King... He did The Mist, too, he, right? He did The Mist and Green Mile. Yep. And he, did he do The Stand? Um, no. I don't think so. Okay. But Frank Darabont, he's made three of the best King adaptations that I can think of. Um, Definitely. I haven't seen the new show based on The Mist. I haven't either. We talked about it on the draft recap that it was happening yeah apparently it was like already almost over when oh, we did that I it's finished at this point i didn't point. even know that yeah it's it's out <laughs> oh cool um, uh, scott was right it was on spike i was wrong I... um yeah i i would say shawshank redemption a close second for me and not in terms of adaptation just in terms of it's mm-hmm. a king property and i love the movie is the shining it's a terrible uh, adaptation because I've actually read that it, book. It, it is a bad adaptation, but it's a great movie. it's a movie. great movie. I think Stanley Kubrick really nailed that movie. So those would be my top two in terms of movies, in terms of books, drawing of the three. Did you know that Frank Darabont um, 
was a screenwriter on Nightmare on Elm Street 3. <gasps> right? Because we were just talking about Nightmare <laughs> earlier today. So holy crap. That's insane. That makes me so happy. That's, that's, that's why I love that movie. That makes a lot of sense. Um, so yeah. There, there's my answer. Hey, uh, Dwight, what, what's your favorite Stephen King book? Well, okay. <laughs> I, I know I, I front-loaded this. My favorite Stephen King book, hands down, is It. My favorite Stephen King character... Jeez, that's a hard one. I really... I, I'm not sure if I know. Oh, okay. Which one? Because like that's it's almost unfair. It, you know, it's probably Ben. Um, ben is my I, favorite character in it, and I just love, 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 love his. Like I, he's the one that I identify with the most. I yeah. think in in reading and watching the original one, um, the sappy, fat, hopeless romantic yep. who um, hopefully grows up to be something cool, which I haven't quite done yet, but I'll get there. You'll get there. Um, but like, I think Ben might be my answer for that. It's, I don't like have a strong reason, but he's just the one I connect with the yeah. most when reading. I, I feel the same way. Like when I was reading it, Ben was definitely my favorite character because I identified with him a lot, mm-hmm. and I would gladly, gr- like, if I could have grown up to be our like an architect, a gorgeous architect with some alcoholism, <laughs> I'd take the alcoholism to be Ben. ben. Nice. Um. So. In lieu of saying it is my favorite book because that's cop that's, out, not cop out. That's literally out. the reason we did this podcast. Yes. Because I only asked you to do this because I knew it was your favorite book. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that'll give me a reason to read the book and watch the movie. Like, and talk about is, all this This other is perfect. junk, which is so much fun. So what's, what's, your, what's your runner up to, to Stephen King's It? I'm trying to think. What's your second favorite book? Is it Dreamcatcher? <laughs> I'm trying to go down the ones I've read. Okay, so um, Carrie's fine. Ooh, I actually, I read Carrie. It's it's pretty good. Like two weeks ago. <laughs> it's a uh, book on tape read yeah. by Sissy Spacek. Yep, read by Sissy Spacek. Yep. It, Carrie's fine. It's a unique story. The way that the story is told yep. is unique. Other than I, that, it, it's, it's fine. I like in between each chapter where they, they give like, it's like the updates Ex- on what other they people give, have like, been doing. They give like excerpts from books that took place after, like that mm-hmm. came out after the event yeah. and stuff like that. It's really cool. With like interviews with the people who yep. like survived and stuff yep. like that, if I remember it's cool. correctly. Um, Misery is really good. Um, what about like Salem's Lot or The Stand? Okay. The Stand is like, is, I believe um, historically is like people regarded as his best work. Mm-hmm. I'm not that big a fan of it. I like the first third of the stand where people are just where he's describing how the super flu is affecting um the world and like the collapse of the country and everything Mm -hmm. like that and you're following like these six or seven characters as they each individually experience uh the end of the world through a super flu as soon as it gets into its mystical stuff which they do not foreshadow at all it just is all of a sudden they all start having um these like mystic dreams and uh, literally, Randall Flagg shows up. Mm-hmm. But I think they call him. Is it, I think he's Randall Flagg, but they call him. He's Martin in the books or in Dark Tower. It's the Man in Black from the Dark Tower. Walter. Walter O'Dem. Um, <laughs> yes, you're correct. Then, like as soon as I can hear, I'm like, yep, there it is. But I think he plays. I think it's Randall Flagg in yep, the stand. Yep, he's Randall Flagg in the sand. And but Walter. He's Walter O'Dem, and they also call him Martin at some point yep. too. Um, eh. It's okay. fine. Okay. Um, it's well written, but the ending I thought was very anticlimactic and everything. Like a, a nuke goes off. Okay. Um, 
like I said, Misery is great. Shining is great. Um, I'm probably going to say the one that I, I, there are two short stories that I constantly think back to Mm -hmm. when I think of Stephen King's short fiction. One is called N, Mm -hmm. um, which is, it's a short about, it's basically King's take on the Cthulhu mythos. Um, It's about this guy who starts having these uh, hallucinations and just like, this long, this big urge about going to this rock field in Maine. I think it's in Maine or maybe it's in New Hampshire. Everything's in Maine. Yeah. It might be in New Hampshire. Um, and like, he has to like look at these rocks and if he sees, I think eight rocks, that's a bad thing. Mm-hmm. And there's, cause there's only supposed to be seven. So he like constantly walks around touching each rock, counting them off. And if like eight rocks appear, then a portal to another dimension that I believe it comes from. Nice. Um, <laughs> I think it's the macroverse. Uh, will open up and our his world will be consumed by it. And so it's like he's like the gatekeeper and he goes insane slowly. That's pretty cool. That one's awesome. It's a short story, so it works really well. I also like this one called, I think it's called The Road Crew. And it's, because I'm a big chubby boy and I need to lose weight. And um, it's about this guy who um, is a, I want to say he's a painter. He's an artist. And he um, starts, or maybe it's called Stationary Bike. I don't know. Um, and he's he's he starts riding a stationary bike like in his basement, and he while he's doing it, he paints a picture of a road crew um, who are cleaning up all this garbage um, on like this messy like messed up road, and it becomes like a metaphor for like the uh, the road crew are cleaning like his arteries, but he gets way too healthy, and so the road crew like start like in this the painting world, the road crew start like losing their jobs and like people, they start like disappearing from the, the, the portrait oh, that's because cool. he's gotten too healthy. And so there's no, no crap for them to clean up. Yeah. And so they end up like coming out of the painting and like threatening his life. They're like, like roughing him up. They're like, <laughs> you better start eating bad again or else you're going to like put us out of a job and we'll end up killing you or something like that. It was, it's really well written. That's it's, awesome. it's, it's a really crazy whacked out and like just concept. I really like that one too. Um, Gingerbread Girl was fine. Uh, that's another short that he had. I, I, when I think of his short fiction, I remember one short story really well. Fourteen oh eight. No, that's a good one. No, it's the one about um the guy who's locked. He's like locked in his body, and they're about to do an autopsy on him. That one, that might be a part of Everything's Eventual. It's about I, it's, it is. I, I think that's the same one with fourteen oh eight in it. It is. Uh, yeah, that one's messed up. Yeah, I I remember reading that entire book. I read it just because, like, 1408 had just come out, mm-hmm. and I bought that to read because all of them. Because 1408 was in there. And I re- remember reading that one and being like... It's like the second or thir- third one. I think one. it's the second one. But it's it, messed it's up. It's messed up. Oh, yep. my God. There's there's another one that is also equally messed up about a guy who... Um, he's gay, I, I think. And his neighbor doesn't like that. Mm-hmm. So his neighbor is, like, having construction done on his house or something like that or there's construction being done on some road his neighbor ends up locking him in a porter potty and pushing it over and so like this guy is like trapped in a porter potty in the oh. middle of the summer yeah, and, sounds, he, and he I remember that. and he has to like crawl through all the crap and it's just like about whether or not he's gonna like resign himself to die or like yep. get, get like literally crawl through a crap birth canal to be reborn type of thing it's one of those type of things yep that one's really like unsettlingly written and it's just ugh. So, um, what's your favorite so, yeah. King movie? <sighs> to wrap this up. Yeah, sorry about this again. Um, 
I think your answer about the Shawshank Redemption is the correct answer. Mm-hmm. I think that that is the best one. But the one that I always sticks with me outside of The Shining, outside of the ones that you mentioned, I'm going to go with Misery. Um, what a great movie. Okay, Misery is just phenomenal. Kathy Bates is is genius in that one. So James Kahn. James Kahn yeah, James James is awesome. Great. The fact that it's like it's really just two characters for yep. the entire movie. And it's you're you're just captivated and like it, it it's such a tour de force of both of their performances. Annie Wilkes is like my ideal woman. She <laughs> she might be my favorite King character because she's just so damaged and messed up. Yeah. Like I can't wait to read that book. Have you read it yet? You no, haven't? No. Oh, it's good. Oh, book's good. We'll, we'll pin. Yes, we'll put a pin on that. Um, my other favorite King movie, like, and this one, this one actually might be my favorite, just hands down. Now that I'm thinking about it, uh, Creep Show. Because um, oh, yeah. Stephen King yep. wrote wrote the screenplay for Creep Show, and Creep Show is just like such a. It's uh, written by King, directed by George Romero. Yep. Classic call uh, callback to the um, classic '50s horror comics, and it's so tongue in cheek, cheesy, awesome, fun. That's a Great movie. That's my answer. Favorite movie by Stephen King is Creepshow. So, um, to kind of get towards the wrapping up. Yep. Because I read... I So, I started reading it, and then I told mm-hmm. my friend to read it because we were going to do this episode. Okay. And when we both finished, we were like, man, Stephen King's great. Let's read all of his books. Okay. Nothing wrong with... Are you, is so, that why you're reading them in order? And we're doing or? them in order. So, I started with Carrie. Is it goes Carrie Shining? Salem's, no. Salem's, Salem's Lot. lot. So, um, Pet Cemetery is good too. I'm going to slow, slowly. I only did Carrie so far. Okay. We, we want to watch the movie before. I, I want to watch the movie before I'm not I get that to. big a fan of Carrie the movie. I liked the original movie. I've seen it. I liked okay. the original movie. The new one with Chloe Grace Moretz was unbearable. I bad. haven't watched that one. The original one feels like a snuff film. Like it's so gritty and that's the Palmer, right? Have you seen right? a lot or? of snuff films? No. But okay, uh, good I'm, answer. I'm, I'm just talking I'm just talking about like the graininess yeah. of it and like the se- late 70s yeah. filmmaking style of it. De, it's De very Palma, low budget. It's very I think it's yeah. really good. I like I like it. It's a good movie. I understand why you don't. It me. It's, I don't um But yeah, so if you listen to the podcast, you will keep hearing me talk about Stephen King because yeah, for a while, every time I read a book, I'm gonna talk about it. I'm here. more than likely gonna be able to chime in on the majority of them because I've read most I'm of this skipping, stuff. I'm skipping. Skipping shorts. I'm or? skipping Bachman. Oh, the, um, uh, what, his not. first one's Running Man. Or um, first one is The Long Walk. The I Long think. Walk. Okay, that's basically The Running Man. Um, so I'm I'm skipping Bachman because mm. I just want to read his like horror stuff. Whereas his Bachman stuff tends to be... I disagree. I feel like his Bachman stuff is a lot more messed up than his... It's So it's messed up, but in a different way from his King stuff. I've read like two Bachman books. I've read Thinner and I think that's it. I read The Long Walk and... What's the other one I read? I, I don't remember. But Bur- they were... Burning Blaze? They were, Blaze? They were both... They both felt horror-ish, but most... More like dystopia. Okay. Like... Almost you like it. Almost uh, walked the line of sci-fi and horror. I feel like the Bachman stuff, outside of thinner, even then, they just feel less supernatural to yeah. me. They feel a lot more. Um, there's one book called The Dark Half, which I read actually last year um, for the first time. Uh, do you know anything about The Dark Half? No. Okay. When you get to it, it's actually very important to know about Bachman because um, The Dark Half is a direct reference to the fact that Stephen King had a. Um, a- alias Alter Ego. What's the name? Pen of, name? Uh, uh, yeah, I guess a pen name. But he like yeah, a pen name. I go with pen name. Ghost. Yeah, not ghost writing. But yeah, he had a, he had a different name that he re- produced other books on. Yes. We'll talk about the dark half when you get there. Dark half was messed up. Okay. 
It was so, easily the most violent uh, Stephen King book I think I've read. Cool. Maybe. The most graphically described. So on that note. Yeah. So um, I think. Good to wrap up? I think we're good to wrap up. Awesome. Okay. Well, this has been a fun one. I really enjoyed talking about something that yeah, I know for it, almost an hour and a half. It's fun to talk to somebody that is so passionate. Like, <laughs> I'm not particularly passionate about Stephen King. I went through my phase. Yep. I'm that way. My author is Philip K. Dick. Uh, I want to do a Philip K. Dick episode. Okay, they're, they're tell do- me to read something. They're doing his. an anthology series, um, doing his short stories. Oh, okay. So I want to do that. I'd like to do it, all three of us, but Tiffany, if, will Tiffany never... won't read. They're like five-page stories, and then just watch TV. She might. Be, you might. You might. If people email and tell Tiffany to do it, she might be convinced to do it. Okay. That's the only way to get but her to do that, something. That's like the way you talk about Stephen King is the way I talk about Philip uh, K. Dick. Okay. Like it's fun to listen to somebody so passionate mm-hmm. talk about something that they and love. Knows their crap too. <laughs> I kind of know. I know enough about it. I think. But yeah, the whole conversations. So yeah, this was a lot of fun. All right, Dark Tower is pretty good too. Spoiler alert. Um, yeah, this has been a lot of fun. So okay, so as we're wrapping up here, we would like to thank um, HC Media for hosting us. Uh, we'd like to thank the Hyper Potions for your song Time Trials. Uh, that is our theme song. And we would like to thank you, the listener. We don't really do this very much. I know I tend to always forget about this crap. But uh, check us out on Facebook. Um, we have uh, email, no refunds uh, podcast, not uh no refunds podcast at gmail.com. There's no uhs or stutters in there at all. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, check us out. And thank you all for listening. Bye. Bye. can't use any of that for the beginning or after because it was very inappropriate. (laughs) There was nothing inappropriate about what just happened.